yeah, yeah, yeah. Under the gun, right? Season five, episode twenty-nine. I'm gonna call this the Easter edition because Easter. it's Easter weekend. But you don't have to call it that if you don't want to, Chris. Are there any songs? Is there these like secular songs for Easter? Oh, uh, dude, I don't know. I don't know. Then maybe uh, one of our thousands of listeners will look that up. What's a that's one? Easter song? There you go. There's our first Easter egg. <laughs> There's our first Easter egg for this episode. Carlos will be the only one I think that gets it because well, that's not. I shouldn't say that. I know for sure Carlos listens to, listens and watches watches us during the week when he's at work. So because mm-hmm. this is too early, Carlos the night owl. But uh, yeah, you're right. There's one Easter egg. Well, you kind of get set up. I you okay if I tell a story? I'm kind of in a, a Aldo it. storytelling mood. Settling. Oh, kudos to Aldo. Haven't connected with that dude in a while. Aldo B. Aldo B. Aldo B. Kudos to Aldo B. Um, but this morning, when this was all coming together in my mind, I thought of Aldo and. And I miss his I miss his storytelling sessions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um and him, him. Oh he's he's more than a story. He's more <laughs> more than a single story. I'll just throw that. Aldo, if you're out there, peace, bro. Peace. Hope you're having a fantastic weekend. So there's the other Easter egg is Aldo. Aldo, someone's gotta find out Aldo B. Hey, you find Aldo B out there? Someone needs to find Aldo B. Okay, so here we go. You ready to rock and roll? Do it. Um, so I, I want to try to get to the heart of the story I'm going to tell and, um, where it came from. So let me tell the story and then maybe I need to tell you where it came from. Okay. So the last, I love it, dude, I can't tell you how often, sorry. I can't tell you how often I, I consider that like, what's, what's the door I need to walk through on this story or the window I need to climb in. Or the skylight I need to drop into that makes the story like that's the good starting point. I love it. And I have to tell you that this story belongs to a series of events that occurred at this particular school when I was there. And these are these are the stories that come from lived experience. And when I, I don't even have to retire because I'm reflecting on these stories now. <laughs> it's it's fantastic because. One of the cool things about being an educator, and I guess this would apply to any work that you do where you work in a place with people and you interact and things happen along the way and they end up in your mind being the gold nuggets of experience. So here's a gold nugget of experience. I'm working at this school. I'm tight with the custodian, relatively speaking. We don't like our boss. So we've got a couple of things in common. And so this is so over this last week i've encountered some people who have helped me um look at my past <clears throat> over the last 15 years of education they've um they've helped me explore some of the experiences i've had and that has led to me thinking about some of the people that i've worked with and some of the supervisors i've had and so all that kind of was up here and it's filtering, filtering, filtering. And then this morning I saw an Instagram video of, uh, you know, that art daily dose that you and I watch. It's a, uh, it's the, the handles called art daily dose. And there's, there's so many cool artists that do things. And then this Instagram account account grabs their videos and they push it out. So this one video, uh, the artist was, um, 
there was a tile floor and there was a broken tile. So instead of, so what this guy did was he took out uh, an area of that broken tile and then he made art. So you'd, so anybody walking in that space would look down and be like, wow, this is awesome. The person that put the floor in, look at what they did. But really it wasn't like that originally. It was some artist saw a crack and decided to make art out of that crack. Okay. So that leads me to the story I'm about to tell because it has to do with tile flooring. Okay. So I'm in my classroom, I'm teaching and we had these, it was an old, it's an old school. We had these tile, this floor made of like individual tiles. And one of the tiles was just demolished. And it was like, it was like coming apart. So it was a hazard in the classroom because basically kids would step into a hole and it was in a central place. So I said to my custodian, I said, bro, you got to fix this. Like, you got to fix this. Like, it's in the middle of the room. People are tripping over it. I mean, I could put a pylon on it, but what, we're going to leave it like that for the rest of eternity kind of thing? He's like, and his daughter was in my class. So I was teaching his daughter. But this custodian disliked the principal so much. He was like, I'm not fixing anything unless she tells me to fix it. And I was like, okay, listen, I got you. I totally get it. But bro, like your daughter's in this class. So like, can you like, do me, do me a solid, do your kid a solid and fix it without being told by the principal. And then he's like, he's looking at me and he's looking at me like, oh, you're trying to get me with my kid. And he was pretty, uh, he was pretty epic in terms of, um, he didn't care if his kid was in the class. If he didn't want to do it, he wasn't going to do it. Even if it would benefit his kid, he was one of those guys. So he says, you go tell the principal that it needs to be fixed. I said, I'm not talking to the principal. I want nothing to do with the principal. So I'm not going there. I'm telling you guy to guy. Yeah, that's, I did not want to be in the office with the principal. So I'm like, I'm not going to the principal. And he's like, well, neither am I. I said, okay, bro, fix it for your daughter's sake. So I bug him, bug him, bug him. So you're going to love, this is the best. He goes, okay, I'll fix it, but I'm doing it on my terms. I'm like, whatever. What does that look like? So we're all sitting in the classroom on the carpet. This was, the hole was right beside the carpet. He walks in in the middle of the, of the school day and he goes, I'm here to fix the hole on the floor. I said, okay, don't mind us. Like we're working. He's like, okay. So he starts fixing. He's making noises. He's ripping stuff out of the floor as we're sitting there doing carpet time. I'm trying to read a book. They're all looking at him. So I'm like, kids, you got to pay attention to me, Mr. So I'm not going to use his name, but Mr. So-and-so is here to fix the floor. And, you know, we're pretty happy about that, right? And they're like, yeah, we don't want to step in the hole anymore or whatever. So then he he worked on it for like a good hour. And then it was time to put the new tile down. And he goes, okay, I'm going to put the new tile down, but I got to use this glue and it's that type of glue that when you sniff it, it makes you high. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> I, I'm, I said to him, there's, there's nowhere for us to go. He's like, well, lunch is coming. I'm like, they eat in here. They can't eat and smell that stuff. And he's like, and he's looking at me like, oh, you're getting in the way now. You told me I could come in and do it on my terms. And then I say to him, you're gonna, I'm like, your daughter's in this class. So if you don't care about me or the other kids, think of your, your flesh and blood. You're going to get her all high and sick off this stuff. You don't want to do that to your daughter, do you? 
And he's like, no, I guess I don't. So he leaves. And I'm thinking, okay, I got to help him out. How do I make this work so that he can actually do his job and I don't, like the kids aren't harmed or whatever, right? And he, he's not going to do it after school. Uh, he's just not going to do it. So I arranged to do lunch duty in my teaching partner's class. She says yes. Right after um, lunch recess, we had gym and then computers. So we weren't going to be in the room for a, a while. Um, so we got eating time, kids going outside, phys ed, computers, then recess again. Then we come in, we'll be back in the room. So I tell them, okay, I've been able to make it work so that we're out of the room for like a quarter of the day. Can you make it work? He goes, yeah. So he he does it. He makes it work. But like, I'm over here thinking about this story, just laughing my rear end off because there's there are more stories with this guy. That is not the only story. There are years worth of stories with this guy, with this particular administrator. And it was, you know what? It kept me sane for a couple of years until I transferred out. It kept me sane. And uh, I thank him for that. But I wanted to tell that story because it was connected to, it was connected to poor leadership. That's what it's connected to. And I've been thinking a lot this week about leadership. So I've been thinking about really awesome leadership and really poor leadership Poor, poor leadership, I want to I wanna call that just management. People are in a building to manage the building and the humans. They're not there to lead anybody. They're not there to inspire anybody. They're not there to make long-lasting, positive change. So I don't want to call them leaders anymore. They're just managers. And no offense to managers. There's a time and place. But in a school, schools, schools need managers, but they also need leaders. So if you're a, a really good manager, but you're not a leader... I don't, the school doesn't need you. I mean, it depends. Some, I've seen some schools run on their own, regardless of who's sitting in the big chair at the front. They just run on their own. They're a machine to be reckoned with. But other schools, depending on your staff makeup and your student population and the community you're in, I believe need leaders. They don't need a manager. Um, and so that's, I wanted to hit on that story. So this guy, this guy disliked the person in the front as much as I did. And he would not, he would not do certain jobs unless he was told. And, and I would flex his daughter and he still had to think twice about doing the job, even though his kid was in my room. Just epic. I don't know if you think it's epic, but it was hilarious at the time. I that do. Story. I, no, it's good. I like the, um. Well, I like, I like a ton. You've, you've actually made a lot of, connections i've made a lot of collection connections to it um it it reminds me of oh god like so much kind of cracks off of this it reminds me of the uh, so god where do i even start okay so um i have a tile story as well um before i do the tile story just because i think that i think that uh conversations about leadership and let's say leadership and relationships focus a lot around building relationships it i haven't been a lot of really great conversations around like in a in a structured way how do you notice the relationship so here's the thing how do you notice the relationship okay how do i do this how do you recognize the relationships that you crave as a leader or the relationships that you think you're 
it's like recognizing the necessary relationships for a organization, right? Because I think there's probably, there's partially a theoretical model there. There's some training you can do, but then there's like empathy and compassion. So when you sort of look at the places that you inhabit, the places that you circle through, what are the, what are the best types of connections that should be there for a healthy, balanced uh, environment? That's the first part. Then the second part to it is, I think, where we tend to, the noticing, I don't think we spend a lot of time on. I think where we do spend a lot of time are the tactics for building relationships. We spend a lot of time talking about the tactics. Um, While we're building tactics, though, what does it look like to revert back to the noticing? So are these tactics actually working towards those places that I want to build? So then there's the building. Then there's the maintenance. So there's that maintenance stage of relationships. Um, And then again, you go back through tactics and you go back through the noticing. So you never actually, uh, I don't know what this model would be called, some sort of a a Venn, but you never, it's not, it's not like a ladder, right? You don't dispense with tactics once you start to build and you don't dispense with building once you get to maintenance, some sort of a loop. Somebody's probably built some sort of a model of this. But there's a fourth stage to this. And the fourth stage is kind of like the, um, the reality of being in a relationship. Because all of this can actually be quite theoretical until you run into one of those people that you have a work relationship in. You know how theoretical that model is and how contextual that model is when you run into this, like a coworker at the local grocery store. And you actually get this kind of stunned moment of like, I don't actually know who I am right now. Because a second ago, I was a dad going to buy some uh, potatoes and some Drano. And now I've run into this person. Sorry, I run into this person. And I'm not that person. My kaleidoscopic reality is now overlapping with somebody else's kaleidoscopic reality. So there's that after effect, right? Um, Similar fashion. I wonder, there's probably lots of teachers out there when you run into a student at the grocery store. And there's this kind of common moment of, am I am I Jimmy out on the street, or am I Mr. Jimmy from the classroom? I used to mess with that all the time back in the day. I'd go into the movie theater, the one school I was at, and we had a no hat rule, and I would just sort of walk past <clears throat> one of my groups of students, and I just walk past them like, uh, "Hey, folks, can you just take off your hats?" And I would keep on walking, but I knew the voice. I knew the voice that would sort of trigger that. And I would turn back and they would start to take their hat off. And they're like, oh, cloth. I'm like, just messing with you. Enjoy your movie. And I'd keep on going, right? And part of me keeping on going is that I realized I didn't actually know this person in a movie theater context. I knew them when I had the power and the privilege in the hallway and they would take their hat off. Okay. So you've got me lit up. So this is that whole, this whole relationship thing, right? So what you got me thinking about, what you have me thinking about. So I had this, I had a person come in and put tile in my classroom as well. So I moved my desk around right off to the corner of the room. I'll send you a picture of it at some point, okay? And on where I moved my my desk to, there's actually a joint in the floor that's an expansion point for the school. There's one right out in the hallway as well. Like it's sort of just outside the wall of my room. There's like a rubber gasket. It's an expansion point. Didn't know these things existed. They exist in concrete buildings, expansion point. The problem with the expansion point in my classroom is that it was tiled right up to the joint. There was a little teeny, teeny, tiny, thin kind of a rubber gasket there. What they had out in the hallway because it was high traffic, they have a metal plate and then a metal plate on either side of the expansion joint and then the rubber gasket between. So they put two of those metal plates into my room. Okay, so here's the thing. 
I'm in good shape with all the caretakers at my school. We talk. We crack jokes. I know things about them. One's a gardener. One loves to go fishing. Another one, I just, you know, asked them on the right day when they looked really sad. I said, do you need someone to talk to? And we sat and we talked and this person was having a very sad day. I've got all these great sort of relationships. So I had mentioned at some point back in November, I said, the tiles are cracking in my classroom. I just want to, I'm, I'm not asking for something to be done. I said, however, I know a progressive problem when I see it. So this is going to get worse. Even if I didn't have my desk there, it's going to get worse. Didn't hear anything back there. Like, thanks. Thank you very much. So I gave that to the lead caretaker. Thanks. Thank you very much. I come into class before March break. Doors already open, which was sort of like, I was like, hey, what's going on? I could come down the hall. I could see the door open already. And I could hear noise going on inside there. I go in, there's a, a board person on the floor. They've moved my desk out of the way. They've chipped up all the broken tiles. They're putting in the two metal plates. I was like, oh, hey, you, how's it going? I haven't met this person, right, um, before. And they're like, yeah, we're getting this done. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I said, <clears throat> class starts in 10 minutes. And I didn't even get to into the further conversation when the person just looked me and I said, what do you want me to do? But it wasn't what you want me. So, okay. doesn't even matter what was coming from that. I mean, it could be, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to stop? What do you want me to do? Come back later. What do you want me to do? Be more quiet. What do you want me to do? Um, wait at the back of the room until you're not at your desk. That question is so loaded, right? I kind of took it as in, what do you want me to do? Uh, Clough, by the way, this is the only time this job's going to get done. I've been told to do this job. If I don't do this job, someone could get pissed at me. Like I took it as a little bit more the dark side. What are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. Just letting you know. Just letting you know. Now, um, I that moment of what what do you want me to do? I've I haven't been able to let go of that. And I only mean I haven't been able to let go of it as in how almost unnatural in our relationship you know what i mean how unnatural in the relationship like when people say something like that like i can't lead him i can't tell him how to do his job nor would i assume to i guess i could have been more clear more specific and said come back later um but as he's kind of pointed out maybe this job won't get done and all i'll put at the tail end of this is that when um when i was talking to when I was talking to the lead caretaker. So when the conversation came up with the lead caretaker, and I didn't raise it, they came in and they're like, Oh, hey, the floor got fixed. Their take on it was asking, you know, if it was that guy, like there was a specific guy. And I said, yeah. And they said, oh, yeah, he just kind of rolls however he wants to, which is, again, fine. The job got done. But it also made me realize how little of a relationship I had with this person and how fragile that moment actually was. Because they'd also said sometimes that guy will just like walk away from a job if, if there's two and like it doesn't happen. And again, their work ethic, but just kind of pointing out like this whole tile thing, this is like the, the dark side moment. Of, of yours, a little bit of the dark side. Um, yet entirely, I, I, I'm just mind blown at the sort of like the relationship dynamics because it does fall directly into what does it look, you might not even know you're in a relationship, but what does the maintenance stage look like? And if you're not aware that you're in a relationship with someone, 
which I cued into very quickly. I'm like, I'm not going to say the wrong thing. I'm not going to say the wrong thing. That's cueing in. That's really low level cueing into the relationship. Um, I was close to not getting the floor fixed. And then I would have had chip tiles, right? It would have been rescheduled. And again, safety of the kids, you know, just the connection of the class. I love your story. I love it. There are better ones. That one's that one's tame, but um, <laughs> it has to do with the tiles. It has to do with leadership relationship. I love a story that does what it intends to do. <laughs> you pick the right window, and you dropped into it. That was a good story. I love that. Um, well, what you said about relationship, because there there are there are certain people that you're right you catch them at the wrong time or you say no to them when they politely you know when they they're they ask you hey is this okay they're not really asking they're just being polite it's they're coming in to do the job and if you say no it's not okay at this time then you throw a wrench into a bunch of different into into a machine you don't know where that wrench is going and i live that life now in the work i'm doing like i don't ask anymore is it okay if I come in on Tuesday at two o'clock? I say I'm I'm coming on Tuesday at two o'clock. And if there's a major issue, then whoever I'm talking to lets me know, oh, this is happening. Maybe, maybe it's not a good time. Because in my job, I can't always roll back around the next day, right? Because I plan things because with the students I'm working with, a lot of them can't work on the fly. That doesn't work. They need some of them can and some of them can't. So it's funny because when I look at my schedule each day, I can see where there's flexibility and where there's not. It's kind of neat yep. at this point yep. in the game. But um, so understanding that people have a job to do, I have rarely in my career said no to somebody. I think there have been times where I've been annoyed and they've noticed my annoyance they've been like oh he's not happy and i'm like you're right i'm not happy but just do what you need to do and i'll and i'll like we'll make it work i understand that you need to be here to do this this time it's not it's very cool, cool when you can be unhappy around people and not have it change like derail you you know it's it is one of those emotions like actually being unhappy around somebody that i think you either you know you want to push too hard against or like like maybe you don't I think it's cool when two people can actually be sort of like in the same room, be unhappy and still get their work done. We don't have time I, to unpack. I don't have to pack that, but it's a, it's, there's gotta be some value to sort of main to trying to find the connectivity, even when you're unhappy. Now you got me thinking about a couple of those times. I don't know if the other person and I had, I don't know what our relationship was, but I'm sure they could tell by the look on my face and my body language, like this sucks, but it sucks, but come on in and do what you need to do. I understand you have a job to do. It's just not an ideal time for me. Oh, well, I've always been pretty good that way in my career so far. I've been pretty good. Somebody comes to the door, like I'm here to pull so-and-so. The first little bit, I think I didn't know what to do. At this point in the game, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Take them. And then the kid looks at me and says, but I'm going to miss Mm -hmm. a b c d i'm like oh, i don't care like <laughs> i just say to them tough and if it's something like really fun i'll be like don't worry we'll make sure you get it and here's the other thing too lately over the past five years when a student's getting pulled it's never because they're being rewarded so it's like they look at me they're like i gotta go do this and i'm gonna miss what you guys are doing i'm like 
will figure it out. Mm-hmm. When have you known me to just say no and walk away? It's rare. So go do what you need to do. Let me get a good report back from the person that you're with. And we'll make it happen. Like you'll get back whatever positive thing we did that you missed. We'll, I'll make it work. But oh, they're, yeah, dude, even the kids. There was one time the kids looked at me. They're like, you don't want this to happen, do you? And I'm like, nope. And then they're just, I'm like, we go with the flow. I tell you guys, all the guys and girls all the time, we got to go with the flow. I got to do the same thing. Irma's dropping in. She says, schedules are tight. We need to be proactive. And sometimes that means we are forcing our schedules to meet the needs. If it disrupts the big picture, someone will share. Yeah, I meet people, and I'm sure Irma does too in her role, going from building to building. We meet people who have no problem telling us what they're thinking or feeling with no tact sometimes uh, they just blurt it out and it's like okay sometimes they have tact um, one particular school like we have to be careful because of you know our thousands of listeners i don't want to identify the school but this one school i started with a kid there and i politely emailed everybody involved and said listen this is how i roll i come in like i come in i usually find a place to work if you guys want to give me a heads up on places in your building where I can work, that's great. Nobody responds to the email. So then I go into the building and I do what I want. And uh, then they're like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, nobody told me I couldn't because I emailed everybody involved and nobody responded. So I'm moving on. Like I did my part. And, and this is, this is, I feel good about this because for me, it's like a fluency of my job now. Like, Mm. I don't care if you have an issue. Nobody told me there was an issue. So I'm not walking around um, tiptoeing around the tulips. I'm just coming and doing my thing because I already advised everybody. I told everybody. Um, And then it's funny. We had a a meeting and they're like, okay, we're going to tell you places you can work. I'm like, awesome. And they're they're doing it like they're doing that because we don't want to happen what happened the other day. What happened the other day? (laughs) <laughs> well, you got in people's spaces. I did because nobody told me where to go and where not to go. Mm-hmm. So I was going to stand there for an hour and not work with the kid. I've gotten to that point. It's like maybe I didn't show any tact, but I think I did in the first three emails that I sent to the school <laughs> to say, hey, I'm going to be coming in. Where's a Where's a place that might work for me? What's plan A, B, and C? Because I get it. You walk into a space, there's an emergency there. There's a meltdown. You you move away. <clears throat> I get it. Um, but I already showed you some tact. Chidiac's tact is gone now. So you, I guess you just have to deal with that, right? Irma says, LOL, truth, um, hashtag tact. Some people are really good at it. Some people are not. I'd like to think, reflecting on myself, my thought about me, which my wife would probably laugh her rear end off if she was here right now because I'm making this. I'm talking about me without probably, I'm missing all kinds of cues or whatever, but I do my best to start with tact. (laughs) Always. But you get to a point where there's just no more space for it. It's just gone. It's like does that does that just mean you don't have the right tact though? You know well, what I mean? When you say there's no more space, is that some, just you admitting people, a deficiency in your 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 chidiac tactic kit? 
no, what I'm telling you is I'm progressing through, I'm progressing through my toolbox. I start with certain tools right away because those tools 99% of the time lead to positive uh, relationships being built. And then I slowly work my way in my box and I get to the hammer that is going to get the job done in a second, but people aren't going to like the sound it makes. So, but that's just me. I get to the point where it's time to use the hammer now because I've used everything else and nobody seems to care. And I've had some people, kudos, kudos to the people who have told me in my line of work, Chidiac, I'm stressed. I've got this, all this going on. Can you just come and do what you need to do when you need to do it? And I'm good. Just do what you need to do. Um, Update me, please. But um, if you need any guidance, now's the time to ask because I don't have the time to give to you each time. I'm like, beauty, okay, here are my top three questions. I need to know these three things. And they're like, they release release me. They're like, go do your thing. I'm gone. I go do my thing. That is the best case scenario for me. I don't like to be micromanaged, but some people want to micromanage me even though they can't because they're not my supervisor. I'm not in their building all day long. What do I do about that? I still, I, I give them what they need so they feel good, but it doesn't hinder my work. If it starts to hinder my work, then I'll talk to my boss and my boss will talk to that person and then they'll figure it out. Because I've, I've gotten good at that too. Saying to my boss, hey, I need you to lean on these people. I don't understand what's happening. This is what I've done. This is what I'm doing. And they're not, they're not biting. So if they don't want me around, can you find out so I can stop going there? Um, and if they do want me around, great. I'll just keep going. Clef, I want to honor your time. It is 9.30 a.m. Can I add just one thing to that moment? Do whatever you want. Okay. All right. So um, when I first joined the school that I'm at right now, that summer, I was in kind of constant contact with the uh, the admin because, you know, switching schools, asking questions. I, I said, can I even said, can I get a classroom of a certain type? Like I was asking questions, doing the things, um, letting them know who I am. And sometimes that's the, maybe that's the pre-pre-stage of even trying to think about what relationships would I be ideal in a space is at what point do you think to yourself, am I in a good relationship with myself? Can I actually present what parts of me am I confident to present? Because I want to make sure that I'm clear with people. I want people to know me, right? And I think any of the leaders I've encountered that are cagey about who they are, but expect professional relationships to be built. Um, I would rather take the straight up, this is who I am. This is where this is where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm happy to find out people's identities and their interests, all that hobbies, all that kind of stuff, right? So when I was, when I was, Thinking about coming into the school, I asked to see, I wanted I said, can I just come in and walk through the school? I want to check it out. I've only been there a couple of times. And they're like, sure. So I walk in and I ask for a key. They don't have keys, but they say that all the doors are, like they don't have the keys ready at that point. But they say most of the doors are open. Go ahead, have a look. So I just start walking through spaces. The first thing I started is I walked through the office and I walked into the back and I went to one of the back storerooms. And the way our school is configured is you could actually walk in the main office, walk around a back hallway and go all the way around to guidance. Like it's a, there's a through hallway through the back. So I look at the conference room and I can tell you many people I ran into that are like, oh, hey, oh, can I help you? Right. And that's the, you're not from around here question. 
And it's always, I love, I love that because it, it totally opens up the moment, right? Cause you get to choose, you get to actually choose to say what you want to say as a teacher. You could say, I'm a new hire as Chris. I'm like, Hey, how's it going? I'm just looking at the school. And I kept on moving. So I like these kind of like these bits, right? Like the early building relations. Cause I knew going into this school, I wanted to represent more of who I am as opposed to the labels that the school would put on me. And it did happen repeatedly, bro. Like I was in, I was upstairs in the library. Someone comes in, I'm like, oh, how you doing? Can I help you? Right? Just checking out the library. I really like that there's manga here. My name's Clough. I'll chat you later. And I walk out. So I'm waiting for the direct questions, right? Wait for the direct questions. And in the meantime, just offering up who I am. Now I'm, I'm going to assume that probably anyone that sees, you know, some random dude standing in a, in a library at the beginning of August, that's not a random as random as the moment first starts out. You figure that person's probably in education, but I love those moments. I love them. I love them. And waiting for the direct question. I love those two. I've told you that before. Um, I, I still need to see the basement of uh, the board office. I haven't been down there yet. I haven't, I don't, as my, I remember when I got this job, the SO said, you're not going to be here much. You're going to be out in the schools all the time and 100% true. That's where I am, but I need to get into, I need to get to the board office and check out the basement. I have no idea what it looks like, what's down there, but I want, I want to see it and I'll be wearing my name badge. So people won't be as quick to be like, Hey, who are you? They probably still will, but at least I can just flash the badge and be like, I work here. Dude, that was season five. Thanks for your time. I know you're going to Sorry, that's a necessary tool in order to get a picture done on time. No problem. Is it is it done? It is. Can we see it? Yeah, here we go. I just I don't <laughs> know if the paint paint will run. Let's see. Oh, it's an Easter egg. It looks good, dude. Is it like if I were there, would it would there be texture to that? Could I feel yeah, that? It's okay. Acrylic paint and some crayons kind of graded on top of it. So when I take the hot hair dryer and I put it over it, it'll dry the paint, but also melt the crayons a little bit. So they'll kind of stain into the paper and stay there. Just it's a cool, it's kind of a cool technique just to add a little bit, a little bit more pop to your pictures. If anyone, I love it. Curious, yeah. It's funny so, we've got the most people watching now, and we're leaving. So thanks for it's checking. Just really, us out. It's just a busy day, busy, busy day, right? Okay, dude. Have now, a good one. Have a good Easter. Can I mention something? Yeah. So anyone that is listening, anyone that's is that is listening, um, this week I did. I wanted to talk about the just in case factor, the things that we do just in case. And, you know, if we find that there's those things have been successful, has it been a waste of invested time? Have we noticed that, you know, when we operate just in case that there's bulk, there's like extra crap that we're constantly carrying around? Um, do we lack refinement and sort of being able to sort of do things more efficiently if we're constantly working in the just in case or if people have managed to sort of balance it? So anyone that's here, that's I want to I want to launch with that uh, next weekend when we're back together. All right, dude. Have a good one. Happy Easter. You too. Peace. See ya.